Now the funny thing about Facebook is that once you're in, you're in. But if you're locked out, you can't back in, get back in again. You can't send a message. You can't do anything. You are locked out. It's like being locked outside your own house with no keys. All the doors and windows are empty. Now, if it's a house, you can call the fire brigade and they might break it, break into the house for you. And then you give them some whiskey and a cup of tea and it's all sorted. With Facebook, it seems there's no way whatsoever of getting back in. They keep on sending you messages saying, oh, your friends have done this, you've had this and this and this. But you can't reply to it because the message that they send is an no-reply email. So how do you get back in? I don't know. Perhaps I should post this on Facebook, if I could, or rather post this on a website and then see if somebody somewhere thinks about it and says, oh yes, we can let him back in again. Other than that, I think I've finished with Facebook. But I'm probably no great loss, so goodbye. If I were a rich man, biddy 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 bum, all day long I'd biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. Biddy 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 bum. All day long I'd biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man, but I've got daughters, daughters, daughters. I'm so poor. I have to buy pens for them. This and that. They want a cat. Oh, if I were a rich man, biddy 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 dum, I could buy them pens galore. Wouldn't be a chore. Where's that darn cat? Well, I'm going to be all alone in a few minutes. The girls are off to a wedding. No, they're not getting married. They're far too young for that. They're singing. So why do little girls like singing? Well, is it the dressing up in the the cassock, the red cassock and the ruff? Or is it the choir pay that they get? Choir pay, I hear you say? What choir pay? Well, if you're Anglicans, you get paid for singing at weddings and all sorts of stuff. If you're Catholics, as I am, you don't get paid. So, here's the deal. My sister's been in the choir for 45 years. She's never got a penny from it. My daughters have been in the choir for two, three years, and they come home delighted with their, with their money. Yes, we've been to a lovely wedding, and we saw the bride, the groom, we did some singing, and we got money. Daddy, can we go all the way up to the Staples to buy stuff? So it's Staples and Poundland, and if I'm lucky, I'll, I might get a bar of chocolate out of it. So, if you want to keep your girls quiet, make them join the choir. Perhaps if they can sing as well. Like, let them join the choir, they'll disappear, earn some money, and you'll have some peace to read the Daily Telegraph on the internet while they're out, and listen to your, your music at full volume while they're out. So, sing, 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 that's all I can say. Kissing goodbye. Now, some families don't kiss at all. When we grew up, we didn't kiss. It was, oh, only rich people did that, or foreigners. No, so you never kiss, you never even hug. But was the, the love the same? It's probably stronger, much, much stronger. But we didn't show it with a big kiss and a big hug. Now, my girls have just gone out. They're off singing at a wedding, as I said earlier, on another thing. Now, 
they give you a kiss goodbye and that's very very sweet and it's touching why because you've never known it before in your own childhood and and now you have you've grown up you're married you have you have daughters it's, it's always daughters isn't it and they, they give you a kiss goodbye and that's very very sweet it, it's touching because because somebody loves you they should love you if they're your children but it's very sweet and it's very uh, different when, when you, if you haven't grown up with it it's very different it's, it's very middle class yes very middle class but when you have uncles come around and aunties and all this you say go and give them a kiss and then the, the, the party receiving the kiss they feel strange because they haven't grown up with it it's a, a novelty as I said before it's, it's middle class but you're working class people the love is much much deeper that's all I can think of saying at the moment well think for yourself dreams by Michael Casey what do you dream for I know about me I dream about having a bigger house having my own bathroom I'd settle for my own bathroom why because I live with three girls the wife the two daughters the daughters are small at the moment but when they get bigger I'll never get in the bathroom so my dream is my own bathroom so if I can afford to convert the attic in the attic there will also be my bathroom although I'll settle for a shower and a, a toilet and a small sink and then it will be bliss when you're in the bathroom living with women girls there's always hairbrushes everywhere shobitsa which is the Chinese word for hair bangles and hair elastics everywhere scissors everywhere shampoo everywhere cotton wool everywhere they haven't started using Marese yet but they're, they're too young to but all these things and when you're a man you just want to be able to go in the bathroom and relax and not have girls running in because they need their hairspray because they need all kinds of things so for a man for a bloke having your own bathroom is an absolute joy an absolute joy indeed because then you can lock the door listen to the radio beside you and just pretend you're a hippopotamus wallowing in the mud or wallowing in the bubble bath bubble 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 now that is my dream now I don't know about you but that's a big enough dream for me just to be able to wallow like a hippopotamus in my own bathroom we are words by Michael Casey words have meaning words have power words are nothing but hot air words mean this words mean that words can set you free words can send you to jail words can be sprayed on a wall like cat's pee words can be printed on a press and sell millions words can be illuminated one at a time by monks words are lies words are truth words can send you to war words can bring peace we are words in the beginning it was the word but what is the last word if music be the food of love by Michael Casey if music be the food of love wrote Shakespeare he was right music is the food of love a boy can get up close and personal if he has the right mood music a girl's heart will melt if he has the right song on his hi-fi 
or should I say iPod. Music touches us, it makes our hearts beat faster, just as a bit of flesh reveals, makes our eyes dilate. In the entrance of balance, I should reverse the sentence, a boy's heart will melt, or a gay lover's heart will melt, etc. Let's just take that as read. Love does conquer all, as my own mum once told me. <coughs> and if you look at family photos, it really did. Now, music has been a big thing in my life since 1974, to be exact. How can I be so exact? Well, one of my brothers went off to be a coal miner then. That was his gap year before they were even invented. He did go off up to, to a very good university the year afterwards, the very best, to be exact. So, while he was a miner, I was alone in the homework room. To break the silence, I listened to the radio while I did my homework. So, I love the music while I struggled with Latin homework. Latin, as you know, is a form of torture, but it does focus the mind. I'm pleased to say that I got a B. Remember the ablative absolute? I'd like to say, remember the LMO. Years later, I used to go to a folk club and see three bands every night. Later still, I went to a jazz club, mainly trad jazz. So I know a good or bad musician when I hear one, and I know a good voice when I hear one too. If ever I develop cancer, it will be because of all the years spent in smoke-filled rooms listening to music. The idea for the jazz band and jazz funeral in The Butcher, The Baker and The Undertaker came from those years of music. I love my music so much. It was and still is a constant companion. But before I, I got my own house, I also listened to Radio 4 to the plays. I can, put, I can spot a Radio 4 play from 100 yards. 20 years of listening to Radio 4 before I took up a pen myself. But it's music I want to talk to you about. Music is a reservoir of emotions, past and present. Elvis brings back memories. Why? My dad discovered Elvis in his 60s. There was a series of Elvis films on TV over Christmas, so Dad watched them all and was impressed. If there was a good song on the radio, Dad would raise the volume and then lower it again when the other rubbish returned. Dad would be shaving in the kitchen because the bathroom was so cold upstairs, and he'd come into the living room all lathered up and he'd say, he, she has a good voice. Me, I'm very eclectic in my taste, though reggae does leave me cold. It's washing machine music, the same repeat motion noise as a washing machine. Yes, I know a whole avalanche of criticism will fall on me, but as jo Joanne, my colleague, used to say, we're all different, so let's agree to disagree. What amazes me nowadays is that lots of music I remember is 40 years old. I was young when I heard Eric Clapton, for example, because my bigger brothers, so now it makes me realise I'm getting old. Being called Grandpa, my teachers when they go to the school run. To do the school run is one example. I tend to listen to magic radio and dab radio because the music is good and they don't prattle over the songs. But I still am amazed at the age of some of the music. But it's the music that's old, not me. I am still feel 12, 12, 20 in my head. Today, Lady Gaga is queen. She has a great voice and is very pretty. Okay, very sexy. Her videos are fun. She s seems to know to stay ahead of the music and of the press but <coughs> but you get so many wannabes <coughs> if you listen to the voice they are really second rate one hit wonders they're just wannabes not like gaga so the test is to listen to the voice and if you're on listening to dab radio if you look up and want to see the name of the artist then you know they're a good singer if the voice is good then you'll be happy to read the dab text tell you the name of the artist. 
on some of the TV talent shows, their voices are terrible. But when you hear a good voice, you can press record on your Sky remote. If my dad was still alive, he'd raise the volume on the radio to listen to Lady Gaga. If he saw her, he might think she was a modern Dorothy Lamour in a Bob Hope and Bing Crosby road movie. But Gaga is always making her own road to movies, and they will be called a form of modern art. Bring on the tears by Michael Casey. What makes you cry? I've just swiped a few tears away before I started talking to you. Today is the 11th of November 2010, which is Remembrance Day. It was also my father's birthday. He would have been 89 today. My dad was a man of peace who spent his life in the heat of the furnace, the district iron and steel, Brasshouse Lane, where he worked for 40 years. He came out to England in 1944. He was a blacksmith. My father was a gentleman, a kind and caring man, who, who spoilt me because he gave me the extra ice cream when we were on holiday and many other ways. My brothers and sisters called me the pet because of this. If there were a film on TV and it was touching, my father used to clear his throat and pretend he was getting a cold. He moved to the kitchen to dab away those tears, or he'd put the kettle on. My father was very, very strong, very neat to be working in a furnace. After our mum had died, he said she was strong. He said she was as strong as a horse, the highest compliment a blacksmith can make. My mother died in her sleep next to her husband of nearly 50 years. My brother climbed into the bed and cradled Henry's arms and tried CPR, but she was already dead. Eight weeks later, the same brother heard a noise it was our dad falling out of the same bed. My brother laid dad down on the floor, flat, and started CPR. He screamed to another brother, 999. My brother saved our dad. I wrote all of this down, Pedro P and, and me. The bottom line, I have a Shanghai wife and two bilingual daughters, all because my brother and Pedro P too. When we look at an object, we have an association too. An object is not just an object, has attachments to it. The electrical socket on my washing for my washing machine is there because my dad put it there. It doesn't mean I cry every time I do the laundry, but it does mean I smile. I have an old barn chair with the back broken off. My mum used to stand on it when she washed the windows outside. It's been in my house over a quarter of a century. This reminds me of my mum. In fact, I sat on that chair with the old typewriter balanced on a red stool when I wrote my comic novel, The Butcher, The Baker and The Undertaker. I can even remember when and where we bought the stool I balanced the typewriter on. We bought the stool in 1973, Digworth Civic Hall, 1973. Simple objects are full of memories and meaning. In Citizen Kane, it was Rosebud, the sledge that meant so much to Kane as he died. I have a pair of rosary beads, <coughs> but I felt they were too gaudy, so I gave them to my mum. Big dangly things with purple beads. No doubt my mother used them. She really knew how to pray. That may be 15, 20 years ago. Now she's gone. But my brother said he had a spare set of rosary beads. Would I like them? So I said I'd have them. He said they belonged to mum. And yes, they're the very same prayer. So love and objects had performed the circle. My sister's house has white lilies scattered all around the front garden. They only appeared after our mother died. Mum had sneaked up to my sister's house and planted them with love. So after she was gone, 
they appeared, a reminder of her and her love. I have a speaker in the corner of my living room. My brother used to play cream music on it via a reel-to-reel tape recorder, so that too is an association. I did in fact meet Eric Clapton when I was working at Forsyth Hotel, so in a way that's another circle. There are many things and many lives that touch and connect with one another, such as the lollipop payday when you go to the schoolroom, or the nice dog tied up at the side of the school waiting for the kids to finish. There are grand gestures too, such as my big fat Greek wedding, my big fat Greek wedding. The dad buys his daughter a house right next door to his house. All this is love in many forms, and I've just touched the surface. I can remember my mum crying her eyes out over a broken coat hanger. Why? Because her own mother had given it to her in 1944, when she'd left Kerry for England. Many things bring on the tears, but these tears are the tears of love. If you go down to the woods today, by Michael Casey, well, we all know that about Teddy Roosevelt and how he could not bring himself to shoot a, tendi- shoot a teddy bear, shoot a bear while they're hunting. Teddy bears came into existence. Thousands of bears, millions of bears, probably more bears than there are people in China, have lived thanks to Teddy. I bought my future wife a panda <coughs> when we first met. The panda was made in China just as she was. In fact, she used to say I was her panda before she changed her mind and called me Pansy, which is the Chinese word for fat, fat boy. So that panda travelled from China to England and then back to China and then she brought it back home to England when she came back to me. That's 15,000 miles, by my reckoning. My daughters have been back and forth a few times. When you marry a Shanghai girl, international travel is inevitable. Girls just love their teddy bears too. My smallest just adores Winnie the Pooh. She was saying a few hours ago she wished she could have a Winnie the Pooh bed and carpet and wallpaper. Basically anything that could possibly be Winnie the Pooh. My girls have received lots of cuddly toys, teddy bears and all things cuddly. I did count a while back and I stopped at 40. These toys live behind the city next to the vacuum cleaner and my old collection of CDs. Every now and then, my small daughter drags them out from three plastic bags, carry bags, and makes them all pay attention. She plays teacher, and they are her class. She then calls the register before starting to read to them. Quiddly ties sit up straight, listening eagerly while she reads to them. She's quite a strict teacher. Now, a while back, while the wife was tidying up, the plastic bag with the quiddly tiles broke open, scattering teddies everywhere. So we had to have a cull. You have to fit to feed fizzy pop gently to the toys until they fall asleep, only to awake at the North Pole where Santa welcomes them and makes them as good as new until they find new homes as new toys. We've had another cult today. My small daughter separated the sheep from the goat, so to speak. Then the unwanted toys were placed in a plastic carrier bag next to the front door. No fizzy pop for them, just a plastic bag. In the morning they will find themselves in a charity shop, soon to have new children to love them. There was one cuddly toy, a hush puppy dog, which we brought back from Florida in 2006, years ago. Neither of my girls liked it, but I do, so I have rescued him from the plastic bag. He can live on the top of my dab radio in my bedroom. I cannot decide what to call the dog, my new best friend. We, <coughs> we bought it in a shoe shop, hush puppy maybe, or... Subway the dog, 
We always said if we had a real dog, we'd call him Subway. Christmas is coming, so the smaller fiddly toys have been saved and will decorate our house once Christmas gets nearer. For now, my small daughter has arranged them on top of the piano, over my shoulder. I can see Winnie the Pooh, of course, Digger, and another Winnie the Pooh, a snowman with big bells, a cat from Shanghai who's chasing Minnie the, the mouse across the keys. It sounds like jazz. And finally, there's a smiling teddy with a Christmas hat and gloves on. Well, I hope the toys find new, nice homes via the charity shop. As for me, I hope Hush Puppy, Subway, or whatever his name is, hasn't left any messages on top of my dab radio. From Fireworks to the Grave by Michael Casey The girls were singing at a wedding today. <coughs> I came home telling us all about the bride and groom. I also heard that there was a fireworks display that night in the church grounds. I asked could they go, so I said yes, if they behaved. They behaved all afternoon. So at half past six, I nagged them <coughs> to put on their winter gear, hat, coat, scarves, gloves, everything. They wouldn't believe me that they would be cold outside, but I explained it would. So reluctantly, they put all the layers on. The witch, as we call my wife, <coughs> drove us to, to the fireworks display. It was behind the church where they had been singing hours earlier. My wife, or the witch, said she'd collect us a few hours later. She said I could ring her, only I'd forgotten to bring the, my phone. I'd only, required, only acquired a mobile phone this year. I don't really know how to use it. I don't want, really want to use it. It's for emergencies. It's on the Asda tariff because that's the cheapest. It's my wife's old phone. Anyway, she said goodbye. I went to watch the fireworks show. Only there was a problem. The price to attend was sky high. The, excuse the pun. I have to watch all the pennies at the moment, so I didn't think it was worth it anyway. So we stood on the pavement in front of the church and to one side. From that vantage point, we enjoyed the fireworks display, a bit like watching TV through a neighbour's window. We enjoyed it without having to pay. There were a few other families who did the same, so we watched the fireworks while my nine-year-old filmed it on our old digital camera. She was very pleased with her efforts. I promised that we'd buy sweets and pop on the on the way home, as we not didn't see the fireworks display officially. My girls understood, and after 20 minutes of illegal watching of fireworks, we started to walk home. As I had forgotten the phone, we had to walk and not get a lift from Mum. But I do know how to improvise. It's a gift I do have. We stopped on the first at the first sweet shop, and then roamed around. But the girls, being girls, they couldn't make up their minds. So they left the sweet shop with nothing. Now from the church to our house is a good 25 minute walk and it's a twisting curvy and runs alongside the Wardy Woods and golf course. So as it was Halloween I asked them we could, did they want to walk through the dark woods. They both said no. But I knew that they would like to see what we looked like. So at a crossing we crossed the road and had a look into the woods. Then, boldly, we took a few steps into the dark woods. We were only there for a minute, which was a good thing to do so on Halloween. Then we crossed back to the safer side of the road. My smallest daughter wanted to rest, so we stopped at the bus stop and sat on the plastic seats. I told them I had a bus sauce. Would they, would they mind if I just left them there while I jumped on the bus? After a few minutes rest, we resumed our trek back. We were like the Von Trapp family, 
No Swiss mountains for us, only the long winding road. Beatles on and off. The kids <coughs> could see the retaining wall of their school. From the, that point on, even in the dark, they knew they were home. Spirits lifted, I had an idea. My big daughter's friend just lived down the road, on the side road. So when we were outside her friend's house, we did ghostly voices, just as in Michael Jackson's thriller. I thought I made the best screams, so we all screamed. Sadly, no lights went on the house, not unless we had given her nan a heart attack. Further down the road, by the light of the front room, we could see a child in a witch's hat. He was pretending to be a witch. It turned out that he was a friend of my other daughter. This was too good an opportunity to miss. So again we made ghosts and ghouly noises. The child inside lifted the curtain to check what to see was the devil outside. No, it was only us hiding behind the wall. My big daughter laughed and laughed when she saw his face appear. She hid beneath the wall with me. And then we ran up ran <laughs> ran down the street laughing. We went to the, the, to the next shop and got our chocolate and Dr. Pepper. We had had some fun after all. My small daughter had said when we were in the dark park she had seen a cross. We were in a graveyard. I think it was a, a sporting post for a sapling, not unless it was. Finally home, we decided to scare Mum, our resident witch. So my big daughter did a big scream. She managed to scare the neighbours over the road. But Mum at the last laughed. She was sitting in the dark watching a Chinese movie on the internet. So when we entered the house, she scared us. Well, that's how we enjoyed our Saturday night. Tonight, the 31st of October, 2010, we've had several trick-or-treats at the door, so I just screamed back, I'm dead, through the letterbox, in my best Vincent Price voice. I'm dead. Well, the kids and parents weren't impressed. Today marks an anniversary. It's 11 years since I was made redundant from AC Nielsen. Been a few varied years, but best of all, I had two daughters whom I can stroll in the park with and don't tell anybody my witch is more like bewitched.